The Insulone Podcast is brought to you by Cybionics, an emerging CGM brand that focuses on simplifying how individuals aged 18 and above monitor and control their blood sugar levels. Upon becoming available on the market, the Cybionics GS1 CGM has helped users worldwide navigate the complexities of diabetes management with more confidence and peace of mind. Thanks to Cybionics, now more people are able to view and share their real-time glucose data, receive customizable glucose alarms, and generate full AGP reports, all directly from an intuitive Cybionics app, empowering them with the necessary information to make better decisions about their health. Cybionics combines data accuracy and comfort of wear, which is important to us all, with a feature-rich app. The 14-day scanning-free and calibration-free Cybionics GS1 CGM aims to deliver reliable, seamless diabetes management experiences. For more, check out cybionicscgm.com. How's it going? It's Owen here, and this is a bite-sized episode of the Insulone Podcast, Redefining Diabetes. Every week, we'll dip back into the episode archive and get you to think and reflect once more about some of the things we've learned from the podcast over the last few years. It could be some diabetic wisdom, advice, a great guest, or even a hypo story. So enjoy this bite-sized episode of the Insulone Podcast. From Alan Edwards, and Alan says, Hi, Owen and Graham. I was listening to episode 64, and I heard that you split a bolus into three separate injections for pizza. I wondered how you determine how many splits to use and the timing to use between them. I've been experimenting with splitting my bolus when difficult items are on the menu. Sometimes I just feel like eating something like pizza, but consuming any kind of bread is like mainlining pure sugar. So I've split my bolus into two when I eat some food with bread, but I can still get a pretty good spike. So I'm still working on my experiment. I'm also still working on being consistent with my pre-bolus injections. I take Novolog and I don't know if it's exactly like Novorapid, but I've been using 15 minutes before eating as a pre-bolus time. I think the microprint prescribing information they include in the Novolog FlexPen box says at least 10 minutes before a meal. Thanks for the podcast. I've learned a lot and really enjoy all that I've learned. Thank you. That's from Alan. So what are we saying on? That's a great email. And strangely enough, I only had a pizza last night. So it's quite <gasps> it's quite fitting into this episode of the podcast. Did you get chicken but, wings as well? Oh, don't even talk to me. A bad dose of chicken wings <laughs> during the week. I'm not going to go into great detail, but... Um, Did they end up in the toilet? Yeah, but not both ends. <laughs> not both ends. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I won't go into too much detail, but we're past that. Look, we're talking about pizza now, Graham, all right? Sorry, 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 sorry. sorry. But for- <laughs> sorry. Firstly, Alan, thank you for reaching out. As always, I appreciate when people get in touch and listen to the podcast. So again, great questions and definitely a topic that a lot of people will struggle with. So Anybody listening to this podcast who has had like takeaway food, Chinese, pizza, Indian, whatever it might be, knows how much of a pain that can be. Because what happens is you get your meal, you carb count or you guess whatever it is, you take your insulin, you eat the meal, your blood sugars drop, you treat the low, and then for hours afterwards, your blood sugars just continue to climb and you've no idea what's going on. Basically, that is called the pizza effect. 
So quite fitting that pizza can cause so much difficulty with bloods. But basically what happens is because there's such a high fat content generally with those type of meals, the fat's going to completely slow down digestion, leading to that delayed spike. So how I bolus and how most people likely who are diabetic eating pizza and those kind of foods will need to bolus for those types of meals is very different to a normal meal, a quote unquote normal meal. So how I go about my pizza is just like Alan said, I touched on it briefly in episode 64, is I split my insulin dose into three to counteract that delayed spike. So instead of taking one dose before my food and eating the pizza, I have split it into three to again to counteract that spike. Now, like Alan said, it's difficult to kind of get it spot on. So it's trial and error, trial and error, trial and error, as we constantly preach on this podcast. You likely won't get something like this spot on first time around. It's about doing it, seeing the results, tweaking it, trying it again. So I thankfully have perfected how to bolus for the type of pizza that I get. So how I go about it is I have determined that my total, and I'll kind of briefly take you through my strategy for this, my total insulin dose that I'll take for said pizza is 12 units. So instead of taking that 12 units all in one go before my pizza, I split it into three doses of four. So totaling 12. My first four units is 15 minutes before I eat. That's just like a regular pre-bolus for myself. I'll eat the pizza. I'll be present while I'm eating it and really enjoy it because it's rare to come by. (laughs) I'll set a timer after I finish the pizza for two hours. Two hours after I finish, I'll take the next four units to counteract that delayed spike. When I take those four units, I'll set another two-year, two-year, two-hour, <laughs> two-year, that'd be a long bolus, yeah. two-hour timer. Oh, what was this alarm for again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's been a cure since. <laughs> um, so a two-hour timer after the second dose, and then at the end, another four-unit dose. So totaling in 12, three doses of four units over a four-hour period. So you said you used 12 units across the three, four, four, and four. Did you mm. used to do six and six, and then yeah. you figured out that didn't work for you? Yeah. So I initially, see, I obviously learned the hard way, like most people listening, where you try something different, doesn't work, you probably go low or you go really high. Yeah. And I've said numerous times before that I only confidently have good control of my diabetes because I've had so many highs and so many lows. Mm. That's how you learn, by doing things wrong, taking something from it, learning something from it, trying again. So I initially would try it with one dose, inevitably would plummet, then continue to rise for the night. Then I split it into two sixes, similar enough result, but a bit better. And then I was like, wait a second, let me try three. Three. (laughs) 33. So, 33. So I, th- I tried three doses over that 
two four hour period because I knew that with the two sixes I was still getting that delayed spike but I knew that the initial 12 dose was was pretty spot on yeah but it was just about the timing yeah and not that obviously that two hour window and three split dose would work for everybody but it's just to give you an idea of what may be required for those sorts of meals because mm. me having say just like chicken and potatoes for dinner is is very different to me eating a pizza it's not that we can't eat it it's just about finding a a fitting strategy for it alan also briefly touched there on his pre-bolus times and how he's kind of still playing around with those whoever might not know what a pre-bolus is basically a a pre-bolus is just taking your insulin before your food because vast majority of the time the insulin that we take the quote-unquote fast or rapid acting insulin isn't quite as fast or rapid acting as you might think Mm -hmm. so the chances are the food we eat is going to spike our bloods quicker than the insulin brings it back down so a pre-bolus is to give your insulin that bit of time to kind of get kicking, get moving in your system to hopefully pull your bloods down the same time as your food is spiking it up. So to kind of keep, try and keep you as stable as possible. Yeah. Now, a pre-bolus can depend on person to person, the type of insulin that you take and the type of food that you're eating. Just like I was touching there with the, with the pizza, it's very different to regular foods. So because... I have done so much trial and error with my own management. I take Nova Rapid. The onset time of Nova Rapid is generally about 15 minutes. I know that if I take my insulin 15 minutes before my food, it's probably going to keep me pretty stable, given my carb count is accurate too. Now, there's no major issues if you're seeing your blood sugar spike after food. A, pro- a postprandial spike, like post-meal spike, it's kind of supposed to happen anyway. But if you are somebody who even makes the transition from a finger prick monitor to a CGM, it can be quite intimidating because with a finger prick, ignorance is bliss. You don't see the graph all the time. You don't see these spikes happening. What can happen is you take your insulin, eat your food, and you check your blood sugar two hours later, and it's already settled. Whereas if you have a CGM and if you have one that's kind of giving you alarms if you're high if you're getting those post-meal spikes it can really put you off because you're like i took my insulin i have an accurate carb count why is my blood sugar spiking vast majority of the time that will be as a result of your insulin timing so if you're seeing your blood sugar spike really high but coming back down it proves that your insulin dose is probably pretty accurate you just might need to pull back that insulin timing Now, again, no major issues if you see those spikes. Those sort of spikes can bring their own problems because you can react to them. So if you are somebody who takes your insulin or does your carb count, takes your insulin, eats your food, and you still see that spike, and you're like, why am I spiking? I've taken my insulin, I've done my carb count, why am I spiking? You can then react to that, doubt your initial dose, take more insulin, and then inevitably plummet down the other side. So your insulin timing, if you look at that in more detail, particularly if you have a CGM, 
it can take a lot of the, I suppose, blood sugar reacting out of it as, as best we can. Thanks for listening to this bite-sized episode of the Insulone Podcast. And if you want to listen to the full episode, you can check it out in the description. Chat to you soon.